Dylan Shore. Kyle Woods. And for our inaugural episode, we decided to watch a film that we feel no one really talks about, but we feel it's a 90s classic, and that is Broken Arrow. Yeah, I asked somebody uh, actually earlier today if this was a movie they'd seen. We played like fun trivia, guess the flick. And their response was, oh yeah, that one. (laughs) But I love this movie. I love this movie. I was really happy to watch it again. I'm right there with you. I think this this was the first R-rated movie I ever saw in theaters. I was four, five years old. And I I literally remember like five distinct things about the movie that's the opening credits okay let's yeah. let's let's start right there yeah because it, the opening credits are 90s super it's red helvetica <laughs> with a slight drop shadow and just bold <laughs> flying across the screen 90s style it's terrific and you throw in John Travolta and Christian Slater throwing blows at each other. Instant memory in my brain. And it is actually, I'll give them that, because it's a John Woo movie, so you know there's You are hanging there. over the arena. And it's dead center in the frame as you come down over it. It's a really beautiful shot that actually works really well. And it sets up the motif that comes back for the rest of the movie, which is, of course, the rope-a-dope. The rope-a-dope. Yes. Thank you, John Woo, for teaching me at a young age what the rope-a-dope was. <laughs> And uh, let's see, the other thing is Hans Zimmer's score. Obviously, when I was a kid, I had no idea who Hans Zimmer was. But that score is so oddly unique to that movie. It's a weird electric guitar, but like, I don't know, techno-y sound in a weird there's, way? Yeah, there's a, it goes Maybe back not and technically. forth. That's the long word. Well, no, there's a really heavy synth overtone that comes through a lot of it. And it feels a lot to me like an 80s score. Yeah. Although this is, in fact, in the uh, mid-90s. Yeah, what year is this movie? 95. 95, so right in the middle of the 90s. It does feel like... It's 96. Okay, so right Right in the middle of the 90s. Um, It does, though, feel really left over and that kind of (laughs) 80s-driven for most of it. But then there's that... (laughs) (laughs) That guitar... (laughs) It's so powerful in my memory. It really is. That it is the guitar riff for every action movie from the 90s. That's what I hear when I think of The Rock. Yeah. When I think of Con Air. Yep. When I think of... Every fucking time. Yeah. When the badass like looks away from the explosion. Every... It's it's beautiful. but and, and that's just like this weird acoustic guitar kind of like desert blues sound. And then yeah, there's... Yeah. This other synthy thing that happens that's really intense and driving and like kind of feels like something out of Manhunter or... Oh, good. Good point. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So what else What else stuck out for me from your first view? As uh, a, as, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure we get that down that you were a four. At max, you were a five-year-old watching this movie in the theater. I am five. You are I'm five. I'm five. I was and born in 91. It's a hard R because there's... So many F-bombs. So much. Not too much, like, gratuitous violence. Not even a lot of violence, actually. There's the... I feel the murder of the the campers. That just feels, like, aggressive. It's not that bloody, although you do see blood splatter on the tent. Poor what's-her-name. Wanda. (laughs) Wanda has a cold. (laughs) She's sick in the tent. 
then, old man's just trying to take care of her. He lit an illegal fire. He knew he shouldn't have been doing that. No, though. he knew better. He knew. He had so basically they had it covered. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> so yes, I am five. And uh, but the other thing that stood out is the title delivery. That has always been something that has stuck in my head. You know, we, from, I mentioned it when we were watching it. Of course, the like we got ourselves a broken 90s. arrow. <laughs> I feel bad for stepping on your line, but I was just so excited about who delivered it. Who like who? So who is that coming from? It's uh, from the the colonel that's running the team to find the nukes. Uh, Howie Long's a part of the team. <sighs> Isn't that Delroy Linda? No, it's not Delroy. Oh. Delroy is in uh, the command center. Is So is it the... It's... Uh, I got his name right here. Hold on. No, but it's not there. Can't find it yet. Wow. But okay. it is the colonel. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Yes. The rank's important here. It is. And the other thing that really stands out, and you even pointed out, is Ain't It Cool. One of the greatest lines ever delivered. You're out of your mind. <laughs> Ain't It Cool. Yeah. Ain't It Cool. So That's that, a, My dad and I used to quote that to each other all the time. I'm realizing how much of this guy quote because it is a very quotable movie. It is. And I realized going into it, maybe we should just get into it. And I started writing down some of those Travolta lines. <laughs> That's good. Good, I'm glad. No, no, no. Don't be because I, <laughs> I stopped. I gave up because I realized this would just be basically a retelling of the movie because the entire thing is Travolta just saying maniac things in like such a shitty Travolta grin fucking eh, kind of way I totally get it he's this so to me this is peak Travolta like this is about as crazy as it gets can you can you give yes. me another performance where he has as much oh yes Yes, You're and it's, say a, it's a yeah. You already know John Woo movie. No. Oh, okay. No. So not it's not Face off. off. No, which we will get to later on in <laughs> yeah. the series, but it is Battlefield Earth. I have been okay. It's the hammiest of hammy roles of all time. But he's wearing makeup. Not yeah, it, but it's not like covering this part. It's just here. <laughs> there, it's Travolta giving. The weirdest performance he's ever done. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I haven't seen it, so I just I shouldn't even say anything about it. But I do want to say, in general, like giant prosthetics lend into crazy performances. Even True. if the performance is not that crazy, and what Did we not have here is full face Travolta just being a nutcase. He is out of his mind. Yeah. At, but yeah. <laughs> Battlefield Earth is also like, let's make the Scientology movie. So I believe that that's crazier. I just haven't seen it to say. It's worth the watch. <laughs> uh, just a little correction. It is Von D. Curtis Hall, who plays Lieutenant Colonel Sam Rhodes, who delivers We Got, a, we got Ourselves a Broken Arrow. He's Sorry about those, that, Von No, he's one of those guys that you're going to be like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I've seen him. I can't think of his name though. Because it's Von D. Curtis Hall, which is an <laughs> incredible name. So that's I'm glad that we had that experience. And the last thing I remember is the train. The train that that was the highlight of the movie for me as a five year old when the train 
when the fire side of the train and the nuke side of the train collide, <laughs> I remember being as a kid so enthralled and gobsmacked at what I was watching that I remember walking out of theater and be like, that was the greatest movie I've ever seen, Dad. Yeah, I had a similar <laughs> reaction. And so I also wrote down some of the things that I remembered before going into this film this time. And the train was one of them because obviously that's where the climax happens. That's mm-hmm. a big part of the movie. <laughs> Watching it this time, the vehicle that stood out in my mind was helicopters, but we can get back to that. (laughs) Multiple helicopters. So many helicopters. (laughs) The $20 bill is something that I remembered as a kid. Yeah, that's definitely one that stood out. Them kind of trading that back and forth, and I guess we can get into that more too. Yeah, because that deserves a a nice little in-depth talk. It definitely does. And uh, the boxing, which we've already sort of alluded to this whole thing is a, just a sparring match between two <laughs> competitors two pilots <laughs> two captains two captains and then the other one was the, always the travolta death the, the so missile. good it's, the sound of him taking a dump that's <laughs> it's literally <laughs> he makes a very unsettling groan and yeah you pointed it out he literally he has like this look that like yeah i'm fucking ready and then he just stands up and embraces it and... so i guess we should talk about that just real quick let's go to the very end of the yeah. movie right up front no spoilers by the way Yes, this Travolta is a, dies about at the a end movie that's era. 20 years old, so uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he he goes for it. He leans into it, and I don't get it. Maybe that's a character term that I, like, I'm... Because he could have easily... the It was deactivated. He could have stepped to the side and fought Hale again. He could have just stayed on the ground and watched it go over him <laughs> and gotten up and punched Christian Slater in the face. The Be- movie could have kept going for another 30 minutes right but there. But he was like, you know what? Why? So I don't get that. I don't understand the turn there because he's such a... Aggressive aggressive fighter yeah he doesn't strike me as a quitter as a giver up and maybe it's because he knows that that's the end of the road right that's the obvious answer but i (laughs) and maybe it's just looking john travolta in the eye when he's looking the missile in the face where i'm just like fuck you man fuck you death by nuke go go put on dreads and makeup and fly around a little (laughs) bit for me please this was another thing too was the fact that a man and a woman could carry this nuke, and Dylan just, is convinced that a human being cannot physically carry a nuclear weapon. They're too a, heavy. A it doesn't make weapon. sense. <laughs> How heavy do you think they are? Wait, At just, at least a ton. A ton. Okay. If we wait, ever uh, have... wait, it's a ton like a semi truck. No, that's more. <laughs> that feels like a lot. Of <laughs> that's tons. a lot of tons. That's a lot. That's several I'm, tons. I'm gonna say a ton. Okay, I think that. A nuclear nuclear warhead. I'm I'm generally eloquent, but that word is very difficult. For <laughs> I got me. you. I'm I got sorry. you. Could weigh as little as two hundred pounds. So I think two strong people could possibly carry a weapon of that magnitude because it's it's supposed to be a little tiny thing that makes a huge explosion. Or do I just a thermonuclear weapon weighing little more than 
2,400 pounds. Oh, that's Can produce an explosive force comparable to the detonation of more than 1.2 million tons. So believe it or not, there's some plot holes in Broken Arrow. There's big plot holes in Broken <laughs> okay. Arrow. Because it's definitely Christian Slater and uh, what is that? Uh, look, I, I'm blanking on her name. But she's the park ranger. And <laughs> Who's so helpful. They carry this nuke into a mine shaft. Makes no sense. And load it and into it a into car. An elevator, yeah. And then like lift it onto a truck. And they're like, they're like picking it up and throwing it around like it's a, a bale of hay. I don't know. What yeah. You... It's a little heavier for her. But then Travolta and uh, so, Howie we Long talk carry about it. No problem. Real quick. And not, not just her. Um, because she is... <laughs> Her very, name is Samantha Mathis, by the way. Who is... She's got... Uh, she's the girl that was in every other 90s movie. And then The Punisher. And also The Punisher. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Reunited with Travolta, even though they have no screen time in Punisher. I feel like this is a classic example of, like, I, sort of machismo, sexist action behavior where most of the scenes between her and Slater are him being like give me that no get out of the way do this and she's just being the whole time she's like just get on the phone (laughs) we should go this way (laughs) because she knows everything about where they are and he does listen but he's also kind of a dick about it yeah I'm just saying it it's got to be in there it's 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 in the criteria of 90s action needs. I think that's a point that we will revisit. Yes. Sexism in the 90s. In the 90s, for sure. In action will movies. Will likely be a trend. Speaking of trend <laughs> in action movies in the 90s, I counted at least three separate instances of handgun beats rifle. Yes. This movie is nutso with just... Let's go ahead and make the bad guy. There's literally incompetent. Yeah, there's a sniper takes out multiple army men off of a cliff in the desert, and then with gets, with perfect shots, and then gets taken out by a pistol super quick and misses sloppily fired around a corner. Yeah. <laughs> miracle! Oh, miracle. it's a miracle. But yeah, it's three times I think that happens at least. Oh, and the eight. Eight mile per hour chase. <laughs> uh, there's literally a jeep chase where they're not. They're, they're hummers. I want to be clear about that. It's it should be very exciting because they are giant trucks. They careening are through the desert in theory. But as you were saying, Christian Bale or Christian Bale, Christian Slater outruns <laughs> these trucks. He's literally running on foot up uphill. There's literally a shot where it looks like the Jeep is almost stopped. (laughs) So, let's maybe talk about John Woo a little bit. He is a master of action, though. He is a master of action. So what happened there? It was a little lackluster in the chase sequence. A lot of this feels lackluster. You mentioned it was an early film for him. It's a second American film. So, he's had many other films, though, since the 70s. Here, can I, maybe I have an idea. Maybe I have an idea. Maybe. (laughs) There's huge set pieces in this movie. And when I mean huge, I mean like 
physically large scale. They occupy large pieces of land. Like you mentioned, the train. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it goes on forever because it's a train. There's big helicopter chases. They're out in the desert the whole time. There's plane chases. Uh, and then when they're not on those grand scales, they're in fairly confined spaces where when I think of other John Woo movies, I think of more kind of like gun-fu stuff mm-hmm. and really intricately choreographed multi person fight scenes yeah and this doesn't hard boil that like totally okay so maybe it's just well this is literally following just two people in the desert while these bad guys kind of come after them but if you think about it the bad guys come they come in a helicopter (laughs) they They get taken out by a pistol (laughs) that's he shoots a pistol beats helicopter pistol beats helicopter And then after that, they seek out the nukes, and so they go to the bad guys, but even then, it's literally four on two. So it never feels big. And the Jeeps aren't going fast. (laughs) They're going nowhere, guys. It's like a parade, you know? They're just kind of... They're waving. Hey, we see you there. Travolta lights up an American spirit (laughs) and waves out the window. And does not inhale. And doesn't inhale. That irks me. You know who's really good, though, is Bob Gunton. I think I I hope I said it right. I hope you did, too. He plays uh, uh, Mr. Pritchett. (laughs) He he has one of the most brutal deaths I think I've ever seen. And it's not even bloody. It's a fucking flashlight to the jugular. Maybe to just the, to like the, the chest. No, it hits him right, right in the trachea. The it's like it's going to collapse his Adam's apple. And then Travolta just goes, hush! Hush! <laughs> Repeatedly. It's brutal. Hush, it is. It's really upsetting. <laughs> it gives you, don't, does your throat ache a little bit right yeah. now? No, yeah, no, definitely. Especially because I actually did the motion when I said it. <laughs> and did a little too hard. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, Pritchard's awesome. Delroy Lindo's awesome. The whole cast is pretty much great in this movie. Delroy Lindo, Howie Long also Howie. speaks to another great kind of nineties era man. casting. Another character actor I want to call out is uh, somebody that I'll refer to as Commandant Spangler, which was his role on Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the uh, <laughs> one of the generals assisting. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. he's you the know what I'm talking. Yeah, about. yeah, he's yeah. he's. Um, uh, the middle brother, or the oldest brother's commander at the army school. Exactly. Yes. And he shows up here because he's a great character actor that he usually in one plays. Scene. <laughs> no, he's got like two or three. He, okay. He's kind of functional within the military framework. He does some stuff in this movie. But he shows up in a role that he usually shows up in, which is generic military guy. Speaking of generic military guy, a little bit out of character is... Uh, Red Foreman. <laughs> Nope, he's always in that role. I was thinking of the guy from Training Day. I should get better at learning actors' names if I'm going to do this on a regular basis. <laughs> you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> guy from Training Day. You ever had your shit pushed in? Yes. Fuck. I can't remember his name either, though. So, Thanks But that's one of those names. But you all know who we're talking about because he's a fantastic actor and he shows up in everything. But here again, he is another person. Why did you hand this to me? I told you you were the IMDb guy. What am I supposed to do with this? I don't know. I was hoping you could find him. No, you look that that up. I'll move on to another topic. Since we mentioned him, uh, Giles. Giles. This movie works. Yes. His real name, though. Bring it on. It's Frank Whaley. 
Frank Whaley is a great character actor who is still doing stuff and shows up. The to Doors him. movie. Oh my god. He's Robbie. He's, He's fucking Robbie so Krieger. good. I just watched the Doors movie, and here's a tangent, which is that, and maybe we can get to it if it's a 90s movie. It is, 91. Stay tuned for me to talk a lot of trash about Oliver Stone, but really but say movie. good things about the Doors movie. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Noah Whaley, Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's all you need to know. He is Brett. Or yes. Brad. Oh, yeah. shit. So good. That is what just happened for me. He is absolutely Brad. <laughs> Check out the big brain on Brad. But his name is Brett, and he just fucks up the name the second time. You know what? That's what it is. Look at the big brains on Brad. History will forever know him as Brad. That's true. That is true. Sam Jackson's powerful delivery. That is true. Magnanimous. Okay, we've kind of danced around it. I think it's time to bring up just how much helicopter there is in this movie. Cool, that's fine. (laughs) Did you count? Because I realized at some point I should have been counting. But I did not. No. I think it's in the half a dozen territory. <laughs> like, legitimately five to... I don't want to be extreme, but there could be a hundred thousand helicopters in this movie. <laughs> That's a little extreme. There's, But there's at least several. There's I know so of many. four. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so there's the first one. There's a lot of helicopters in this movie. There's so many helicopters in this movie that when they're on the train... There's the a helicopter. Strapped There's two the- helicopters. On the train. There's one on the train and one in air that's trying that's to shoot chasing the train. The train. <laughs> so there's a helicopter foot. Uh, there's a helicopter chasing people on foot. There's a helicopter chasing Humvees. There's a helicopter chasing trains on which there is a helicopter of which the fuel lines have been cut so that that helicopter will most certainly explode yes. like every helicopter in this movie explodes. Yeah. If there was a movie called Helicopter, it would not have as many helicopters. <laughs> no, it would be about one helicopter. It would be about one helicopter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you want to write a movie called Helicopter? Can we please? Or maybe Can we approach a- Graham Yost? <laughs> the writer of Broken Arrow and Speed and be like, can you write a movie called Helicopter? Does Graham, what are, does Graham Yost have any other credits? Or though the, uh, the two? Because that is some 90s power right there. It truly is. And we're going to get to Speed because how can It could not? be the next one. We debated it being the first one, but decided that Broken Arrow was, I don't know, maybe a little... The true. way to go. Definitely the way to Not go. Not many people do Broken Arrow, I feel. And it's so true to my childhood. My childhood, for sure. This is, I haven't seen this movie since probably my childhood, and I'm realizing only now, like we talked about, <laughs> how quotable it is. Just, we talked about it, how much John Travolta yep. mania there is. But there's also a lot of Christian Slater pithy kind of like... Uh, 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 the squinty uh, eyes. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, so, Graham Yost has written Speed, Broken Arrow, Hard Rain... Which also stars Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Okay. And Betty White also, randomly. I just rewatched that recently. That's why I remember that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, he also did Mission to Mars and The Last Castle. After that... Oh, The Last Castle is kind of good. It is a good one. With Gandolfini in the prison. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. And Ruffalo, too. Oh, Robert yeah. Redford. Yeah, that's a, that's a fucking solid flick. Yeah. Lately, he just did Justified. The television show? The television show. Like as a staff writer? 
Yeah, 78 episodes developed for television. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yost, man. Yost, Doing it big. So let's talk about the thermonuclear weapon and what can or cannot damage the thermonuclear weapon. Because early on it's established that without the codes, it can withstand five Five hours in burning jet fuel. Which the Twin Towers could not. not. That didn't work out for did them. Did not at work all. at all. They There's multiple times where Travolta's character tells his men, would you mind not shooting at the thermonuclear weapons? And he's so cool about it. He's so fucking awesome about it. But the line makes absolutely no sense and if so they're indestructible. The what is the damage point? Because it makes it seem like... Dude, you could definitely crush this thing with a car compactor, but don't swing a golf club at it. <laughs> like, you, you gotta be kind of careful. Yes. Not, like, but go ahead and kick it, you know? It might do something, it might not. You just gotta play your, play your, uh, play your game. So, the nukes are a big issue here for me. I've, we've already gone through this. No two people can lift a nuke. No, <laughs> okay, but... Here's another problem with the nukes, which is that Travolta's plan, which has some holes in it, at one point uh, has has holes in it. He <laughs> keeps the nukes together. He, he doesn't even separate them. He keeps them in the same Humvee <laughs> as they're. They've got a fucking caravan of vehicles, and so and Christian mean, Slater knows he's like Deke's gonna keep him in the first one. He wouldn't keep him in the back one. No, just he, paraphrasing there. Those aren't the exact lines. But you know he knows that because they've been sparring for so long. So long, rope a doping. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I had a problem with the way the nukes were transported, and they're you know because of that. Like, hey, I, I'm a super smart military planner, uh, but also I don't employ operational security. Yeah, I'm yes. not into that. I'm just gonna let fall what may and see what happens. And I also don't think they're very clear on how Travolta's character knows this is all going down. No, no, they're not. He seems to be the mastermind, but then, as you pointed Mr. out... Pritchett Mr. Pritchett kind of knows a lot of... He's like the funds, I think. But, but it's not clear. clear. No, we have no idea. He's just kind of the guy in the suit where everybody else is wearing military stuff, except for John Travolta, who is Ooh. wearing... The greatest outfit. Which, which I used to think was badass as a kid. Did you ever, did you, be honest, did you... I swear to God I wanted that as a kid. But you never replicated it? You never no, showed no, up no, to school no. with it? I, that would have been me. No. I would have... I don't know. I might another, have. I doubt it. I would have done that for sure. And I'll <laughs> tell you about another childhood trauma in a moment. But before that, I want to accurately describe John Travolta's fucking outfit. Just a blue turtleneck with some black jeans it's a mock turtleneck yeah it's like half cut (laughs) good military stuff i get that it's a blue mock turtleneck a navy blue mock turtleneck with black jeans can we just basic no okay first of all you don't do that you don't tucked in with a brown belt with a brown belt this dude is fucking three kinds of wrong and just walking around the world like he owns the motherfucker. Which will bring me to this childhood trauma that I just mentioned. When I was really little when this movie came out, at some point one of my kids, one of my friends called me, he, he told me that you're fucked in the head, Kyle. 
Which is something that they Slater say says to Travolta. You're fucked in the head, Deke! Fucked in the head! But the way it came out of this other six-year-old's mouth was, like, really awkward and chunky, so it was... I don't know You're fucked to... in the head! Yeah! You're, you're, you're fucked in the head, man! Fuck you, dude! <laughs> I'm a big man, I use F-words. But apparently it impacted me so much that I'm now talking <laughs> about it to you and anybody else you who might still remember. suffer through this. It happened. I also don't think that the term for broken arrow is used properly. But it is delightfully thrown around in this film. One of my favorite moments is Giles when he calls out the general. I don't know what's more disturbing. The fact that we've lost a nuclear weapon or the fact that it happens so often that we have a name for it. <laughs> Again, Giles is the hero of this whole movie. He puts the entire thing together. He's the one that suggests that it's an inside job. He yes. gets it wrong. He blames Slater, which we'll, we'll forgive him for. Because he corrects it later. And comes through. <laughs> Giles is the man. I'm just going to say that. I guess it is close. Refers to an accidental event that involves nuclear weapons, warheads, or components, which does not create the risk of nuclear war. But Travolta is trying to use them... To blow up a fucking city. Isn't... Is that his goal? So he, she's thing. like, don't let it get to the city. He doesn't mention going no, to a city. No, he doesn't have any... He doesn't say what his goal is. <laughs> he he's, doesn't. He says he's going to blow one of them up so that they know he's serious. Yes. So we know he's serious about whatever it is that he wants, but I don't know what it is that he wants. Presumably it's to ransom it? No, just what to show the government that they're fucked up, I think. He might be an early version of the Joker. <laughs> he just wants to see the world burn. Just he, chaos. He doesn't have a plan. He's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking steal a nuclear weapon. Cool. We'll see what happens. Fuck oh, yeah, it. I got these guys on board. Yeah, kill everybody. Whack. Which is pretty much what goes down. Brief call out to Howie Long's yeah. death. <laughs> so good. The Wilhelm scream in there. <laughs> and the swinging on a rope from a train, through a train, to kick a guy off, off of a train. A, a satellite. He ties the cord <laughs> yes. of a satellite to the satellite. So it's so it, It's so ridiculous, but it's amazing. Speaking of great John Woo moments, there's also the grenade uh, catch. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Throws it back. He... Some henchman... And there's a solid three seconds, too, before you see him throw it back. Hey, you know what? It's a long count. You gotta time that thing just so, because it doesn't kill John Travolta. No. Whom it lands one foot away from. He jumps out of the way. He does the perfect safety jump. Yes. And just... Always. He gets the foot away. That's all you need. Speaking of Travolta, uh, I just want to stammer a little bit about his accent. I don't think it's even an accent. I think it's the way he chooses to deliver the dialogue. He does a lot of this. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes... It's never a good idea. <laughs> he, he does so much of that. He also sometimes has a drawl, but only sometimes. Like, he might be huh. from... Texas? Maybe. Sure. Texas. Yeah. He has an implacable accent, and I well, guess it just feeds me. into his peak Travolta performance. Which, yeah, we're gonna have to get to face off, because that's like... Still so good. I think... And Pete Travolta versus Pete Cage. Yes. That's hard to ignore. Face off, we will get to on another time, but that movie is truly masters working 
their acting skill. <laughs> it's really yes. fucking good watching John Travolta do his Nick Cage yeah, and Nick, Nick Cage, Cage do his John Travolta, Travolta. and they're truly impressive doing each other doing each other oh it's so good oh it's God. really bizarre stuff okay so <laughs> that leads me in a roundabout way to a question for you which is is this Peak Slater and if not what is Peak Slater for me Yes, this is Peak Slater, because after this, I would say it was Hard Rain after that, and that's a terrible, terrible movie on all fronts. Okay. But fun. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, yeah, no, Broken Arrow and True Romance are Peak Slater. True Romance is hard to argue against, I'm sure. Is... It's Slater in the Heathers, or am I misremembering? No, totally right. That's eighties. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's not. We can't talk about that. But Heathers is a great movie. We both love that movie. This is from the Forbidden Decades. (laughs) Never speak of it again. Uh, And then I think we need to talk about the twenty dollar bill. We do need to talk. So, what is the twenty dollar bill to you? Where does this? It has absolutely (laughs) no meaning. It, no, there's don't try and pull one because there's not. It, okay, but there's it's so clearly a focus of the film. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrest meaning out of this inane symbolism. What is it? It the uh, the first time you see the twenty dollar bill, Christian Slater is giving it to John Travolta. Right. And John Travolta over the boxing over match the boxing. because they, he loses the sparring match so Travolta, uh, Christian Slater pays him here's some money. Yes, and Travolta says no, I don't want it, but then Christian Slater says no, take it cuz I stole it from you. Okay. So then Travolta takes the money. He takes that $20 we, we see bill that. back. That's on screen. That's in the text. Yes, okay. that is there. So then the next time the $20 bill comes up... It's not the same $20 bill. Because it's It can't after, be. No, it can't be because it's after the crash and Travolta and Slater are fucking miles apart because Travolta pulls the eject handle on, for both of them. For both. In a... <laughs> this hijack plan is like a <laughs> problem. Hey, would you look out that window real quick? <laughs> the, the skylight is so beautiful. Bro, bro, if I know we're would have flying said this. this plane with nukes, but bro, it's <laughs> just so, look at it. dude, look at it. Okay, I'm going to pull my gun. And then he pulls the gun out and fails to shoot him in the head from one inch away, which, and then ends up, I whatever, I don't want to get into the minutia of why this is a bad plan. It's a bad fucking plan. Where are we going? I'm sorry. Oh, I no, we so were so caught up with that. Yeah, because that, that's plan. the moments before uh, we wake up with Christian Slater and he finds <laughs> a $20 bill next to him. He No, he finds it next to him? I, I thought he it, pulled it out. Does I, he pull it out? That's my memory of the thing okay, that just okay. happened one hour ago. Go. It's cool. <laughs> okay, somehow the twenty a twenty dollar bill a is twenty dollar bill is there, and he looks at it. So, and but if okay, goes, no, no, this is important. Teak. This is this is fucking important because if it's just there, it could be the twenty dollar bill, right? No, because Travolta clearly took it, right. But maybe Travolta puts it in his wallet. Back. His, or his jumpsuit pocket. Oh, and we just don't see it. Yeah, it's off screen. That is a terrible. <laughs> because it... You literally have to get that off of his face. And now that I think about it, that is absolutely what it is. And Christian Slater fails so hard 
at getting that across. That's what it is. There's no way. That's, that's what totally it what it is. He he goes, huh, Deke. He does. It's like, it's oh, such he got me moment. back. He gave me the $20 back. And then so, so then Slater puts this $20 under a rock where he lands in the middle of the desert. Yeah, so how does it end up on the train if that's... So then the next time we see it, it can't be the same. It's, it's not just, the same 20 These guys are just carrying around... $20 bills. They got a lot. They bet a lot. On rope-a-dopes. <laughs> <laughs> because this whole thing is a boxing match between two Spartans. Yeah, Christian Slater's like final line, well, just about, is, I won. <laughs> Is this his, is this his final line? <laughs> no, no, because she goes, uh, oh. he grabs her hand and holds it to her heart and he says some cheesy line. Right. I can't remember it. Because it's also, this movie is a great example of a 90s action film that is also a rom-com. Because these two totally meet cute. But completely misplaced. Yeah. And... Not they hate each other and are kicking the shit they, out of no, each other. No, they don't even hate each other, dude. They're just oh, kind of true. indifferent to each other because neither one of them. They, they don't, don't know each other's intentions. Fair enough. But as performers, they don't have any chemistry with each other. No. And neither one of them are like uh, magnetic, if you will. I mean, I like Christian Slater's Christian magnetic Slater. in True Romance. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But he's magnetic in that, like, interesting off kilter kind of way i gotcha he's a quentin tarantino kind of way right not in the uh, brad pitt kind of way. yeah 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 i gotcha so anyways that's how i feel we're talking as if we like men how do you feel about (laughs) christian slater because he is definitely a beautiful hombre oh i think Um, you would like hearing you say this about him you know what I, i bet he wouldn't care i bet he knows that about himself He's probably above it. I can see that. This movie feels long to me. It's an hour and 40 minutes long. Right around there. So, it's... I mean, it sh- it should kind of clip along. Well, you get... it. No, I'm totally right there with you. It does feel long. Especially when you get... Because there's like a break after you get out of the mine shaft. Everything kind of goes calm and the bomb goes off. And then there, it's just quiet. Nothing's really happening until you get to the train. Hale gets picked up by the military. The girl's in the boat. She hops onto a truck to get to the train. Like, it's it's nonsense. It is nonsense, <laughs> and it's poorly tracked, too. Yeah, it is. She's just... She's in a boat, and then all of a sudden you just see her climbing up a wa- the, the bank of the river. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's just a logical jump that you realize she gets out of the boat, but the boat was filled with all the henchmen. Also, it's an action movie. Show us a stunt. One of our main pardon me. One of our main characters is in peril and has to do something really dangerous and exciting to escape that peril and reunite with her partner. So let's watch that, (laughs) you know? Because that's no. Let's just watch her climb up. The let's just watch her climb out and jump onto a truck. Okay. I don't want to criticize John Woo too much, but it does feel like there's some pieces that he wasn't accustomed to handling because it is a movie that's really really large in scale which he he does handle and i don't 
I'm having a poor time delineating between the type of scale that I'm I'm trying to talk about. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's it's physically grandiose. It's like him trying to mash a John Woo movie, which can be big and giant and like boat chases and helicopter explosions, but and feels all... that way for much less. And it it happens in spaces that are like we're racing through a harbor, we're fighting in a house. This is a like... restaurant, a crowded street. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot going on. This is open friendly. landscape. <laughs> this is like a John Ford landscape. <laughs> We're watching Stagecoach. It's like a wire food version of Stagecoach. And it just never really comes together for me in that way where it like the way that um, an action movie can be great and bad, you know, mm-hmm. this one really walks that line. And I think my joy for it comes from two factors, which is just Travolta at his fucking finest and a lot of nostalgia because mm-hmm. it, it was right in that age where it's like oh this is the coolest movie ever because yep. this is like the fourth movie i've ever seen yeah so mine's the nostalgia factor for sure it's a lot because if i saw this for the first time just now i'd be like fuck dude i'm so bored. <laughs> i do not want to watch this it, but it's so we should, quotable we, we need to get so someone who's quotable. never seen this movie and just have them sit there and really pay attention to the film. Has Sarah seen this movie? <laughs> she has. Okay. I watched I made her watch it. Oh, good. God bless her. And good for you, man. <laughs> we should, I just want to say that Sarah was like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch this with you. And 45 seconds into the movie, she was like, I'm fucking out of here. The credits are still rolling. I think John Travolta lands a punch on Christian Schlater, Slater, and she's like, I'm out of here. And it's still the really beautiful overhead shot. She knows what she's in for. She's smart. Oh, man. I think this film, though, really... It defines the 90s for me in a weird way. Not fully encapsulates what the 90s is all about, but I guess being born in 91 and having this be my first R-rated film, that's what I pull. I I remember the train. Like, that, when I think of action, like you said, the, the score, whenever you see any other action movie, you hear that score. Boom, 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 boom. Which could be... Bum, 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 bum. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Dylan and Kyle Harmonize randomly. Yes. We'll be on uh, the Third Street Promenade next week if you guys want to come watch us. <laughs> we do accept quarters. Yes. I feel this this movie and John Woo are one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very wooey. There's Without a, the doves, there's no doves. Okay. <laughs> or pigeons, whatever no, he uses. No, I think they're, well, whatever. They're doves. They're doves. Let's be, okay. But I'm glad we're on the same page about this because there are a, a <laughs> lot of butterflies in this nice, beautiful moment. Where, no, look, right. the butterflies are alive. If there was radiation everywhere, would they still be alive? That's, it says know. it in the Demolition Handbook. <laughs> Handbook. No, I'm pretty sure that was a joke, but it comes across like he's literally telling her that there's a demolition handbook. Because well, well, Slater can enunciate, he cannot emote. No, I, God bless him. I love the man. I really do. I wish I could meet him. 
I just want to shake his hand and say thank you for Broken Arrow. Thank you for Broken Arrow. And thank you for playing Riley Hale. Thank you. (laughs) What a name, Hale. It's a really solid action hero name. Riley Hale. It's a good 90s movie name. So to your point about this being definitive of the night, it is also definitive of the 90s for me also. So my relationship is similar, a little different though. Like I... So I was uh, raised by hippies and in an environment where movies that conveyed violence and misogyny uh, were really strictly controlled. But I had friends because I was a child. <laughs> As childs, As kids tend to have friends. children are one to do. Yes. And so uh, these friends had parents who were like actually cool. And so we could watch movies over there. And so this was one of those movies that, like, a neighbor had. And we'd watch a thousand times. Like you said, it's so quotable. We'd be out riding our bikes or playing basketball or something. And just, like, saying these ridiculous Travolta things back and forth to each other. Ain't it cool? Ain't it cool? Hush! boy, hail! That's the spirit! <laughs> the spirit. Which is a different... He puts on a different accent for that one. Yep. He's kind of got this, like, mid-Atlantic thing going. You <laughs> I don't know? even know what he's doing. It's like the, you know, the, the newscaster sort of... What? It's over-modulated and very, very strange. So or is it really well-orchestrated and heavily planned? From Travolta? Yeah. I think so. This is what I mean. I think it's Pete Travolta. I think I think he knows exactly what, what he's doing. doing. You don't think Wu's going over there? Be like, I wouldn't put it past Wu because I mean, look at Face Off. They came back and were like, No, let's go. Let's, let's go crazy. We can do this more. I literally found a story where I'm gonna take your face <laughs> off and put it on someone else, even though you're gonna be the exact same height. <laughs> <laughs> Although your builds differ radically... Completely different. Your foreheads don't match. I understand that your cheeks are different shapes. This is going to work. Trust me. Trust me. We're going to make millions. Trust me. So, there's a few factors that... Early things that we can point to as 90s trends. Right? We got love interest misogyny. Uh-huh. We got... That's just action, period, that, I feel. that That's overall action, wouldn't it be? Well... Uh, Indie? I think it's a lot of action. I think it's a lot, especially in the time period that we're talking about. But there's the what's now become a classic example of the shift in that, which is Mad Max, right? And we, we talked about Come, it. Yeah, it's the complete opposite of everything. Slater literally takes the pistol away from this woman to shoot and miss a bunch of times. And She's then, probably good with her own gun because it's hers yeah right and she trains with it but we get to mad max uh, fury road and fucking tom hardy misses the shot a few times and realizes that he sucks at it so he gives it off and that's uh, a transition right? yeah but that is of course one example that i'm pointing to yeah i don't think i see of i'll give another one okay what do we got leon the professional Leon's such a weird movie. Is that a 90s movie? Yeah. Let's do that one. That's a great one. It's such a great movie, and it's got such a... You've seen the director's cut, right? Probably. And it's that's Lupusan, right? Yeah. His it's, best one, by far. Well, let's not... Don't even say Fifth Element. The Fifth Element? It's not as good as The Professional. No way. Leon's so much better. 
I love Fifth Element. Okay. Because it's a batshit crazy movie. It's so nice. It's awesome. It's so great. But Leon, man, it hits home. It's such a sad movie. But Okay, but Leon is also batshit fucking nuts. Gary Oldman in that movie is yeah. insane. I don't have time for this <laughs> Mickey Mouse bullshit! And this thing with the... <sighs> it needs to be that way. It, it definitely <laughs> does. And that's, okay, so Leon informs... The Fifth Element so well because it, it's that's true. Leon was before. It, a Fifth Element is a step up. It's a bigger scale movie, right? For it's a sure. big budget movie, but it's got that <laughs> Luke Besson insanity to it. The reason that I feel Leon is such a difficult movie—not a difficult movie, but kind of a strange movie—is because of the sexual tension between Matilda yeah, yeah, yeah. and Leon. And that's what makes it a beautiful movie. That's what the director's cut has more of. It's a little more tension between them. At times, uh, this is so nitpicky. It's a great movie. I think that Natalie Portman struggles with the depth of that relationship. I think that she just ends up playing it pretty quirky and cute. I, which is like, I, I hate leveling that criticism against a 12-year-old. But it's... But she gets so much credit for the work that she does in that film, which she deserves. Scene. Yeah. It, her breakdown scene when Leon's dying. Yeah. I, I mean... It's beautiful. Or, no, it's before he goes out to do all that stuff. She's breaking down crying because when he dies, he goes, This is for Matilda. <laughs> Badass. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Leon is awesome. So fucking good. Uh, so we're kind of wrapping up here on Broken Arrow, I feel. I think so. All right. We haven't decided on our next movie yet, but it will be a classic 90s film. One that we either love or hate. Can't or decide. feel indifferent about. Yeah. Half and spend half. an hour kind of going, oh, yeah. no. This is like a... Doesn't sound like a fun show. I mean, you know... You watch it, but like, don't. You know, I mean, you waste your time, but don't. But like, if you if you want, if you're like, oh, you know what, I'm gonna waste some time. You know, I mean, kind of like what you're gonna do if you're listening to this podcast. So tune in next week. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Dylan Shore. Kyle Woods.